Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. everybody. When I was back in college, uh, way back in the 18th century, um, believe me, some days it feels like it was the 18th century. <laughs> One of the highlights of the year was something called Junior Parents Weekend, uh, which as you would guess from the name, was when the parents of the juniors would come to visit and they would see the school and they would eat lots of good food and they would meet the friends and the roommates of their sons or daughters. So, most of us really look forward to this. I did too, but I have to admit that year I was a bit apprehensive because I was just sure that my parents were going to embarrass me, right? Maybe you've been there. My mom, amazing as she is, could be a little bit socially awkward, and dad, well, let's just say he could be gregarious to the point of being goofy. Thank God I didn't inherit any of that. <laughs> And I had this secret fear, right, that by the end of the weekend, my roommates were going to be huddled somewhere in a corner talking to each other, whispering things like, oh my, and can you believe what they said, right? Well, the weekend arrived. My parents showed up. We went to all the various events. I tried to run interference. Thank God there were no disasters. But you know, something interesting happened about halfway through the weekend, uh, something that I can really only attribute to grace, and it was this. At one point, I found myself stepping back and looking at my parents and asking, hey, who are these charming, smart, engaging people? And where do they come from? And you know, guys, that was the first time I can remember stepping out of my own insecurities enough to really see my parents in a new light, right? Not perfect by any means, but delightful nevertheless. I think all of us wrestle with the temptation to keep people and situations and even organizations in these nice, neat little boxes that we can understand, that are familiar, that we can control. And you know, when they no longer fit those boxes, when they change or they grow or maybe they undergo some kind of conversion in their life, it's easy for us to miss that, to not see that, or worse, we can actively resist it, right? We don't want to let them change. We don't let them grow. We shackle them with all of our old baggage or fears or expectations. The danger there is that we blind ourselves to the possibility that, you know what? Maybe God is doing something new here. And in the process, we can become a hindrance rather than a help to God's plan. Think about the fledgling Christian community in our first reading today from Acts. Obviously, something extraordinary has happened to these disciples of Jesus, right? You can hear that in these bold, provocative words of Peter. They were acting in general in these kind of new and powerful and totally unexpected ways, totally outside the box, rocking the boat, and the Jerusalem authorities just could not come to terms with that. So if you read the whole fuller story, you see that they warn them, and then they threaten them. When that doesn't work, they beat them, and they imprison them, and eventually they even begin to kill them. 
as they had done to Jesus himself. And yet, these followers of the Lord just would not go back in the box. And the more the Sanhedrin resisted them, the more they grew and spread and flourished. And friends, that's because our God, our God is not a passive God. Sitting up there on his throne, surveying things from a distance, letting things take their course. No, God is present and dynamic and creative and powerful. So when his spirit shows up in our lives, things start to change, right? The ground shifts sometimes beneath us. Cracks can appear. And that can hurt, right? Because our attitudes and our expectations are kind of like concrete. They get set up hard. They're familiar. They're comfortable. Even when they confine us. Even when they prevent us from seeing more clearly. In Isaiah, God says to us, forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing something new. I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? Friends, you know, God loves us utterly, just as we are, but he loves us much too much to just leave us as we are. His plan, his purpose, is not to give us an eternity of ourselves as we are now. That wouldn't be heaven. That would be more like hell, right? His goal is to share with us his very own risen life, dynamic, powerful, and ever new. But to receive that life, our minds need to be enlightened, and our vision needs to be expanded, and our hearts need to be broken open. Because we're not destined to be just these finite creatures that we are now, but friends of God, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, who is infinite. So here's your homework for this week. I would challenge you this week to sit with these questions. Where in your life might you be resisting God's initiative? Where might you be resisting the newness God might be trying to bring? Is it in your skepticism in the face of a loved one who's trying to change their life? Maybe it's in the resistance that you have to some truth in the words of those who may see something in ourselves or around us that we don't want to see ourselves. Maybe it's in demanding that your workplace or your team or even the church conform to what's personally comfortable or culturally acceptable. Maybe it's in the anger or the stubbornness with which we greet some change that life is introducing. Friends, where is it that God might be saying to you, ooh, what's over here? Let's check this out. And where might you be responding, eh, that's all right, Lord. I'm good right here. We have an option, right? We can live safe and familiar little lives, cramped and confining little ego dramas, as von Balthasar likes to call them, whose contours are shaped purely by our own preoccupations, right? Where we never have to change, we never have to risk, but also where we never have to grow, never have to learn to see differently, never have to learn to truly trust God's providence. That's one option. The second option is we can live our lives as an adventure, as a theodrama, if you will, where God is at the center, where we put our hand in, hand in God's hand and step out, where his preoccupations shape things and give direction, and we get to experience his joy and his courage. 
where our vision isn't locked on the past, nor is it locked on what might happen in the future, but it's focused on what is God doing right now in my life and in the life of those around me. Somebody once said, the only predictable thing about God is that God is unpredictable. I think that's really true, isn't it? The only predictable thing about God is that God is unpredictable. So friends, where is this predictably unpredictable God working in your life? Where might he be rocking your boat a bit? And how can you learn to trust him and to enjoy the ride? Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org. Dot org.